everybody, and welcome back to the Bull and the Badger podcast. It's been a little, yeah, a little bit, a little bit, bit, <laughs> a little bit, a bit, a bit. Um, have we gained weight? Have we lost weight? I know. The stars, are they just like us still? <laughs> so many questions. Where, where did we even go? It's like, where does the sun go at night? I wish I hadn't said that. So, um, where, what are we doing here? Uh, well, today is our interstitial podcast. <laughs> Basically they say, we're still here. I know we're alive. <laughs> Promise. We have not expired. Yeah, we're not. We're, we're basically hiding under rocks, watching the world go by, but we're still here. Um, yeah, while, while we were away, is what we're calling this one. <laughs> Meanwhile, on the ranch. <laughs> I'm going to do movie, movie trailer. Okay. Movie trailers one day. Like, in a world. In a world. Never mind. <laughs> I give up. Um, but I think today we want to talk a little bit about the last two seasons, which we didn't even, we weren't even thinking about two seasons when we started this thing. We we're just like, let's start recording. Let's just start talking to each other and other people. And then well, we miss you guys and we miss, you know, the little dialogue that Wait, we have. Who miss, do we miss them? I do. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess I just do this for myself. <laughs> and then suddenly listenership dropped from like 10 to two. <laughs> It's like April and her dog. <laughs> Thanks, Peanut. Thanks for your support. <laughs> so let's start off. Um, what's been going on with you? Um, not too much. I'm still working in post-production for American Ninja Warrior. Um, it's been a long, hard season, but we're getting through <laughs> it. And uh, we're at the home stretch, pretty much. In fact, this, well, as at the moment we're recording this, um, we're about to show our finale which history will be made is the theme of that uh, episode. Did you think of that? I did not. Someone with like a much higher pay grade was, <laughs> they, they came up with that phrase on their own, I'm sure. Because it's never been said no. before. And uh, They made history by coming up with that phrase. Yeah. Well, history was, will be made. <laughs> um, and then uh, on top of that, I've had a couple opportunities to show my movie. Um, or one is in the in the year two thousand in the future. In the year two thousand, we need to have like buttons. You know those like silly radio buttons yeah. where people are like, you know, like Stuart and Stewie and Brian had the fart sounds. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, and that would be one of them. But in um, the year two thousand. But beyond that, um, so one, oh geez, oh geez, that's, that's a first, I got my glasses caught on the microphone, I why. thought they just spontaneously fell off your face. That would be funnier though, come on. Something like your like, nose just decided to take a break for a yeah, second. Yeah, just like, <laughs> no, the, actually the microphone came out and grabbed my glasses on my face, that was pretty embarrassing, because the microphone was like, shut up. <laughs> That's what happened there. I thought we were done with this. I uh, know. No, one more season. And then the one after that. And then the one after that. We'll just be blowing it up. Two seasons and a special. <laughs> a Christmas special? Mm-hmm. 
Can we do also a, a Halloween special? My sure. coworker, like, as a shout out to Lindsay, like, she's like, Halloween's my favorite. And when she found out I, I did a podcast, she was like, can you guys do a Halloween special? I was like, yeah, let's just do it. <laughs> what would we talk about? What wouldn't we talk about? <laughs> Seriously. No, you know what, though? We both love horror movies. Oh, that's true. We could talk about horror movies. We could totally, we could, we could have um, Glenn on because neither of us are friends with him or know how to contact him. Who's Glenn? Steven, Steve Young. Steve. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, and because he's you know Walking Dead, yeah. and then we could talk about all of our favorite horror movies and how none of them include Asian people, or we could talk <laughs> about our favorite Asian horror movies. I know a thriller that had an Asian person, but he, of course he was in a supporting role. And then he got killed. Anybody remember the thriller starring Shia LaBeouf? LaBeouf. Oh, the neighbor. No, uh, yeah. Disturbia. Yeah. Yeah. That was a pretty good movie, huh? It was pretty good. Yeah. I That's when I was like, oh, Shia LaBeouf. He's got acting what, what chops. Are your, what are your feelings of Shia LaBeouf? Uh, I feel... Start off talking about Even Stevens. Oh, gosh. No, thanks. <laughs> I, don't, I did not watch that show. It was awesome. Everyone on that show was really good. Sure. Also, the older <laughs> brother went to UCLA, and I saw him a couple times on campus. And you didn't high-five him or anything? No. Oh. I don't think you were a real fan then. <laughs> I'm shy. I run the other way when I see someone famous. I I giggle and then stalk them a little bit, like on the side. I'm just like, <laughs> oh my gosh, like working up the courage to say hi to them. Mm-hmm. And then when I do it, I just mouth vomit. It's like word vomit and reg- regular vomit. <laughs> I just regular vomit all over yeah. them. They, they know me as vomit fangirl. <laughs> 54. 30. Yeah, <laughs> 31. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, like recently there was this event for Ninja Warrior and I was like, I was like, oh, hey. And then I said the ninja's first name and they're like, oh, hey. And cause like they're known, but, and so like, you know, like when you're on TV, you're known uh-huh. and people think they know you, but they uh-huh. don't know you. Right. But I was like, oh, hi, I'm, I work on the show, <laughs> which didn't make my creepiness anymore <laughs> or any less creepy, I should say. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Back to my screening, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I didn't know how to transition out of that. We had gone too far down some other pathways. But uh, no, I got to I got to screen my movie in front of uh, my old church. It was like for a group of young adults, so it was mm-hmm. good. It was it was supposed to be more of a workshop format, mm-hmm. but because there wasn't as much time as like I think we could to workshop and like break apart the pieces of the movie like a movie called the laundromat oh yeah that that one yeah mm-hmm. the, the documentary doc. the documentary called the laundromat if you the reason heard. that we're here oh yeah mm-hmm. oh my gosh pay respects oh my. <laughs> i'm telling you to pay respect to your own movie what i'm living it okay <laughs> the laundromat aka vanessa's life <laughs> Um, and if you're, you're just tuning in, um, it's basically a documentary about how Asian American people don't, uh, talk to each other about important things. And it started all with me feeling really silent about, uh, the time my mom got sick. So, um, check it out mm-hmm. <laughs> if it ever becomes available <laughs> widely. Email um, the bone, the badger podcast at gmail.com. Or, is that what it or, is? Check it out on the Facebook, uh, www.facebook.com slash the laundromat documentary. Mm-hmm. And then I would spell out the laundromat, but I won't. <laughs> Just don't People spell it with a it Y. Up. Don't spell it with a Y, People guys. Look Just... it up. It's spelled the correct way. 
but uh yeah so that was a really good experience i mean they're the my target audience like if you had to talk if you had to put a gun to my head and say who the target audience was yeah (laughs) we had to go there yeah we got dark real quick (laughs) because that's what the movie's about darkness (laughs) black things batman anyways okay so um no parents um no parents yeah he says that batman says that in the lego movie i haven't i'm oh good you didn't get the reference that's fine Yeah, so that's like the target group that I wanted to. What is the target group? Just like uh, Asian American young adults, somewhere between twenty and forty, really, um, mm-hmm. and who are either thinking of starting their own families or trying to figure out how to relate to their parents as adults. That's a real now. specific demographic. Yeah, it's because that's where I am. <laughs> People my, like me. My demographic is just me. Demographic <laughs> of one. Um, People named Vanessa. E. So, so um, what was the response? Did you get a good response? I think so. I think, like, there were some good questions from the audience, and then... Um, it was interesting because they're like a group of people that I didn't necessarily grow up with at church, but they were like all my friends' younger siblings. Mm-hmm. So it's hard. It's hard to know, like, because I had to leave right after uh-huh. the workshop, which is another thing that that wasn't as ideal as it could have been in terms of like interacting with people about it. Because um, usually I get immediate response, which is the Q and A mm-hmm. aspect of it. But the Q and A was short, and um, we just, I think. I got to kind of relay more of the faith-based messages in the movie, too, um, because that's definitely a part of the journey. Like, I I created the movie so that it was accessible to a larger amount of people. But if we get down to it, there is a lot of the faith aspect that is tied up with the journey, whether, you know, like, like depending on who who you're focusing in on um, for the interviews. So... I don't know. Like, I mean, even when Anne talks about um, her community judging her, she's talking about an Asian American Christian community. Mm -hmm. And I think that's important to point out. Mm -hmm. And that's the context that I grew up in. Mm -hmm. And the one that I think needs to hear messages of like, hey, you know, like it's okay to mess up and it's okay to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And it should be more than okay. We should make it something that's normal. Mm-hmm. So, but I, I think that's that was a good experience. And then I'm going to be doing another event on October third uh, with Evergreen Baptist Church, um, mm-hmm. which uh, just got hooked up with Ken Fong, who um, I did a screening at uh, Fuller Seminary. He, he's in your documentary, right? No, he's not. Oh, um, no, that's. I think you're thinking of Russell. But um, mm-hmm. yeah, I actually um, the first time I met. Ken officially was at someone's like wedding. We got introduced and it was like, Oh yeah, I know your dad. And like, cool, cool, cool. And then he finally, um, we, we, he organized a screening at, um, uh, Fuller seminary in Pasadena. And, Mm -hmm. you know, he, he was really responsive and really, um, kind and it made him think. So I felt really excited to kind of share that with him. And then, um, yeah, like I said, next month we'll be doing a, um, another screening at his church specifically. So, um, that'll be on my Facebook page. Um, it's the church itself is in Rosemead. Okay. Yeah. So I don't know what kind of event it's going to be. We had a couple options out there, but I think, um, I think it's going to be another hopefully good event with some Q and a. And, um, I mean, 
the thing that I was talking about with the person who's organized the event, it's, you know, you could either go the direction of like talking about these really macro things like Asian Americans and therapy, stigmatization and mental health stigma and all those kinds of things. But, um, you know, you can also talk about the faith aspects or you can talk about personal aspects. Like personally, like, do you have a good relationship with the Mm -hmm. people in your life? you know, that you wish you could talk to, you know, Mm -hmm. like these things of figuring out your own family dynamics and stuff like that. And Mm -hmm. where you have anger and resentment towards people or do you find that people are open to having those kinds of discussions and when you're screening? Oh, yes, I think so. I think like what's hard obviously is when you're in a group of people, like I think there have been better responses after the Q and a. So like, after the Q&A, I had someone kind of like, you know, share very um, um, like intimate details about their own life and their own struggles with mental health and depression and um, things that, you know, she wanted to do in terms of like discussing addiction and discussing things, things that are like really heavy topics. And mm-hmm. I think the movie opens up those doors. So that's um, awesome. Yeah, I um, I even had <laughs> that's the goal, isn't it? Yeah. To have those conversations and. Um, the other screening that was most recently, um, uh, that most recently happened at, uh, as a workshop, you know, someone knew my mom, you know, mm-hmm. she's like, I saw your mom on the screen. And then, you know, and she was like, you know, I knew that your mom would have that response because she's just like a really kind and generous person. Mm-hmm. And it's like interesting to hear, uh, someone else react to my mom in a way that was like, um, well, it was really affirming, I think, mm-hmm. like to hear someone. And it's actually based on knowledge of her. Yeah, yeah. Not just, you know, only from the documentary. Yeah, exactly. She knows her apart from the movie and knew um, her when she, she was younger, the person who approached me when she was younger. And, you know, she she just felt really welcomed by my mom, mm-hmm. you know. So it, it's interesting talking to people who know your parents apart from you like and apart from a family context mm-hmm. so that was cool um but yeah i mean that's that's kind of been like a lot of the interesting things going on in my in my life while we are away <laughs> what about you april oh boy i learned that i'm at a very high risk for retinal detachment what what does that mean <clears throat> I'm going to embarrass myself because I'm not quite sure what it means. That's okay. But basically, if you're like super duper nearsighted, which I am, mm. I think what happens is when you're nearsighted, your eyes have to strain really, really hard mm. to see things. And so it, you know, changes the shape of your retinas oh. or your eyeballs or, or your lens or something. Changes the shape of something. And it's got my eyesight is so bad that I shouldn't even be using regular soft contacts. I should be using special contacts. But she was like the up. The just was like, I'm not saying it's going to happen. I'm just saying that you're more likely for, you know, it's, it's more likely to happen to you because, you know, you of your eyesight and so for retinal de- detachment. And so now I just think that my eyes are going to pop out of my head every time I go over a speed bump and it scares me. But it is a good way to sort of like not do things I don't want to do. <laughs> so it's so clap. <laughs> Like my boyfriend will want to go on a roller coaster, and I'm like, but my retina. <laughs> and he's like, okay, your retina.
goodness. What if, what, what if you just closed your eyes during the roller coaster? <laughs> Do you think it would just... Because that would prevent the inevitable... You the know, popping the, out of my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> my eye sockets, I should say. Or you could just make it a neat parlor trick. I don't know. For your, the kids. <laughs> um, I don't know. I guess since the last time we spoke or the last time we recorded an episode... Um, I feel like a lot of things have been going on, a lot of sort of like seismic changes in my life, although I don't really want to talk about it specifically, mm. um, but just kind of realizing what growing up is and having all these things happen and things that you just can't control and mm-hmm. kind of learning that you don't have control over anything, or I said, I don't have control over anything. Um, yeah dealing with stuff like that sorry i no, don't have okay. as many interesting things to talk about no mine was actually really boring <laughs> nobody <laughs> wants to hear about the documentary it i saw the movie life. it follows that was great wasn't it great yeah so good i wish i could have seen it with you because then you would have been terrified with me <laughs> nobody else was like it wasn't scary i was like shut up were you terrified i was pretty scared during the movie yeah see it hit me hard after i saw it during the movie, I was like, like this isn't that you? bad. This isn't that bad. And then afterward, I was like, oh, my God. Every time I just walked somewhere <laughs> or was anywhere. anywhere. It's, a, it's, a, it's a genius movie, I think. I think it's awesome. Because it's hard to make a scary movie, you know, do it in a different way. Come up with an original and surprising premise. Mm-hmm. But also sort of elegant and simple. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's really well done. It wasn't, like, overly convoluted or anything like that. I didn't that. think anybody was trying too hard. Right. You know, like, like, um, the moment where, uh, that comes through the door. Mm-hmm. I like, everybody screamed. Oh, yeah, yeah, Everybody yeah. screamed. <laughs> it was just like, so surprising. <laughs> oh, God. But I think what's nice about it too is like, it's not gonna like, follow me around in my head. Like some movies, like The Ring, it kind of followed me around in my head, but I don't think, yeah, like, The Ring followed me for a long time around in my head. Yeah. This one, I, I think I was good after, like, two or three weeks. Okay. <laughs> there was still some recovery time. I did have to leave the lights on for at least a week. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, but... It can come into houses. <laughs> I know they can come in houses. Actually, like, uh, my friend was visiting out of town, and I made her see it with me. Uh-huh. I was like, so we're just going to sleep in the living room? <laughs> And you're on that couch, and I'm on this couch, and we're gonna leave the lights on, so it's cool. She's like, okay. She's like, great. This is exactly the living yeah. arrangement I wanted. Yeah, I've, I've been through a lot to see that movie actually, because like I'm the type of person who has to like grab onto someone else when they're oh, watching yeah. a scary movie. I felt you so and bad. Eric are both like that. Yeah, it's weird. It's weird that he gets so terrified too. <laughs> But I like that he doesn't have to hide. He's not like, look at me. I'm so like awesomely not afraid right now. <laughs> We're both like hiding under <laughs> pillows and behind both hands. The more barriers between you and the screen, the better. <laughs> exactly. Oh. I like the old fingers and the thumbs and the rest of your fingers or fingers and the thumbs. Thumbs in your ears <laughs> and then the rest of your fingers covering <laughs> your eyeballs. It's a very like locked Full in position. sensory approach. Yeah. Um, did did you want to talk about your retinas anymore? <laughs> I was gonna ask if it if you're if there's anything you can do to prevent. I don't know if you can. I read about it, and I don't know if you can fix it. If it not happens. even like LASIK or something like that. 
Like, so that your eyes are no longer straining? No, because if you get LASIK, you have to have, like, consistent eyesight for, like, at least five years or something like that. Mm. But my eyesight gets worse every single year, so Mm. I could never get that. You should train Peanut. (laughs) I know. He needs to be a seeing-eyed dog. We should just put the investment in now, because it's going to happen eventually. (laughs) He'd be great. He'd be good. They're He's totally too short right. to turn on like lights and stuff. I guess I wouldn't need lights. I'd be he blind. has hops though. Have you seen him? Yeah, he's, he jumps. He would high. he would drag over a chair, hop into the chair, and then <laughs> turn off the light. Oh. But we could, we'd have to play circus music behind that. No. Let's talk about, like, the last two seasons. I think there's a lot to discuss in terms of, like, surprises and... Reflections. Kind of, yeah. And and I'm curious to you, or... <laughs> Look, it's been a long time. Vanessa yeah. just hit her head on the mic. Wait, do I not use this mic that often? Is that what's going on? I just, I seriously don't know why I'm having so many issues you with this You two are mic. not getting along very well. I know. It's going to grab my glasses again, I promise you. <laughs> It's like swipe right off. That's um, the next it follows. <laughs> you turn around, there's a microphone falling. At first I would be I would be like, I oh don't know, microphones aren't terrifying. The microphones it, would find a way. It's a microphone on a microphone stand just following you. So you're going to get the call at 3 a.m. when that happens. I'm going to, yeah, you first. I'm going to drive straight to Orange County, <laughs> looking behind me the whole time, and then I'm going to bring that microphone into your home. <laughs> you're like, okay, you're sleeping there, and I'm sleeping here, yep. and we're leaving the lights on. We're leaving the lights on. <laughs> Pray for the mics to go away. <laughs> mics follow. What was... <laughs> your favorite episode to record and what was your favorite episode to listen to after they could be the same but oftentimes they're not i always like i enjoy oops i enjoy the i'm fanning my face it is so freaking hot right now this is the hottest it's ever been if we end this podcast sooner (laughs) we can be cooler sooner i just want to point that out all right podcast whatever it's a three-hour podcast today Oh no! Would <laughs> just be puddles at the end of it. It's fine. <laughs> you didn't really want to exist in solid form, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, the the one I most enjoyed recording and listening back to. I always love the ones with Eric, um, because you know he's our friend and and he's got a lot of energy. He's your friend. Like when he does something <laughs> right, he's my friend. When he does something wrong, he's your friend. <laughs> Sorry, Eric. <laughs> it's just how it's got to be. Um, I, I like I liked recording those. And I don't know. It's like, you know, familiar and comfortable and fun. I think one of my favorites to record was the uh, the Faith episode from uh-huh. season one. With Sarah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But one oh, of my favorite Sarah. ones to like listen back to is um, the white folk one. Oh, yeah. 
which has been a particularly popular one. I think oh, it's yeah. just like we had so much fun, mm-hmm. and then like I think uh, Katie and Jonathan were just really sharp. We could have like devolved quickly into stereotypes, but mm-hmm. I don't think we like did. I don't think we ever like settled for easy answers or anything right. like that. Like especially if you make it to the end, mm-hmm. and we talk about what it means to be an American, mm-hmm. and then we played patriotic music. And- See, you know what? What I guess. Pro- is problematic for me about that and in no way has anything to do with katie or or jonathan because they're awesome but i think the answer that i gave was problematic to me not because i don't believe it because i talked about um you know how our parents sacrifice so much and blah 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 blah. and i think that for me it was problematic because that's sort of that story that you hear from asian americans and and I think with this podcast, what we're trying to do is, okay, what are the ramifications of that story, hmm. you know, and how do we confront, you know, the consequences? Because, you know, that's the whole point is that we're both extremely proud, you know, of the generations of people who do that. And on the other hand, you know, there's this byproduct of, you know, not being able to allow yourself to fail and, and being very stoic and stuff like that you know and not showing any weakness Mm -hmm. and so I guess I guess I mean it sounded cool I guess when I was saying it but it was also I think it didn't go far enough and I think that that's Mm. that's what always kind of struck me as a little off for me do we get to explore that in the next podcast I feel like we've explored it in so many podcasts but I think in that particular moment when we're actually talking to people you know at least Katie, you know, um, who is white, um, you know, presenting that side of it rather than the side that we want to put forward, which is like, look at what we're proud of, Mm. you know, Mm. what do you think about that? What, what, so I guess what you're trying to say is that, um, in, in talking about the immigrant story, um, you felt like it's kind of like a common theme that you could have pushed farther. Right. Hmm. Um, you know, like, it's funny because I don't, like, the immigrant story is my story and yet not my story at the same time, being a third generation mm-hmm. Asian American. Like, I don't feel, like, I feel the... The effects. The effects, but it's like an echo. Mm-hmm. It's an echo or a shadow of what it was for previous generations and um i don't know i appreciate hearing the different variations on it because everyone's story is unique but Mm i i'm not sure you know like i like well i i like that we're having this moment to reflect on well what could we have done better Mm -hmm. you know what like you know, when I ever, whenever I think about like, should I have laughed at that or not? Mm-hmm. You know, um, I guess. Can I ask you a new question or did you want to say? Something? Well, just really quickly. I think like whenever those things happen, maybe we should just write them down and remember to return in a dialectical to journal. Yeah. Okay. No. in in the journal, like, like it could be like a Carrie Russell Felicity, like we're <laughs> recorded on our, our tape. Yeah. <laughs> On a tape recorder. Tapes. Yeah. <laughs> Beta cam VCRs. Whatever. Yeah. Just like And play thinky piano music in the back. Yeah. But it has to be thinky. <laughs> piano music. Non reflective music. Thinky. Like plink plink plink. Um 
But no, because then then how else do we learn to make things better? Because like, in a way, it's like set. It's like when you write something or type something and then you publish it, like there's a sense that it lives, but then it becomes static, you know, it becomes fixed and then you want to yeah. keep redoing and it's, I, don't I know. think, I think that, that like, I don't know how other people feel, but for me having the opportunity to really openly and, and deeply discuss, you know, race and, um, you know, the immigrant story with people who, you know, who are white and who might not be that familiar with that. I think that that's a real opportunity. Mm. And I think that for me, my reflex is always to, you know, want them to hear the extreme struggles, you know, that, you know, my parents, you know, um, went through because they really are very remarkable you know, mm-hmm. um, but I don't know, maybe it, maybe it's just like, you know, a step-by-step thing, you know, where, you know, you start off with that story and then the story continues, you know, down the generations and stuff like that. Right. And so I think maybe the fact that I really haven't had the opportunity to speak so openly, you know, with, with the dominant culture, you know, about these things and for them, you know, you just want to be heard Hmm. and you want your experiences and your family's experiences to be validated, you know, and to be seen as like, you know, this amazing thing that really didn't happen, you know? And so amazing that it's the, the consequences, you know, like you said, they echo for generations, you Hmm. know? And so, yeah, I think that was a real treat and that was a real, like, really very cool um opportunity and also really awesome people to sort of share that experience with but i feel like we should always be open to repeats or like redos do you know what i'm saying because i think i think that's like when 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 we're looking at next season too Mm -hmm. um which we'll share about in just a moment uh that because there's always more to discuss. There's always more to bring in. There's more nuances and things that we haven't really, we haven't really explored. We're explored in depth, mm-hmm. you know, or, or things could have gone like completely different directions. And I, I want to go to those different places. What was the question that you had earlier? Though? Um, my question is, is there any thing that you said in either in, in an episode of either season? So just anything that we've recorded so far that you think back to and you're like, I don't think that way anymore. Uh, Whether it's just a small thing or it doesn't even have to do with Asian Americans, but just like something that you said and then you're like, I wonder if I really feel that way still. Mm. Or if I even felt that way then. Well, I think one of the ones that like comes to mind almost immediately is the time that I said, um, like when we were talking about, huh? Nothing. Go ahead. Sorry. I missed it. I missed it. (laughs) What happened? Um, I'm like really trying to dodge my microphone at this point. (laughs) Um, is, uh, the time I, we were talking about fobs and the word fob and how, um, there's something like you want to distance yourself from, um, someone who's maybe more. Um, an immigrant or less assimilated or whatever and um, in general whatever people from your ethnic group do like you feel the ramifications of that so like if somebody if there was a Chinese person who like you know committed an act of terrorism you know like whether it was in America or somewhere else like Mm -hmm. I'd be like oh man Chinese people you know like and like I would I would absorb that responsibility into kind of what 
you know, like how I feel about Chinese people and how I feel about myself and like, you know, and then I was saying that, um, I don't feel white people have that same feeling of responsibility, feeling of responsibility to like maybe their, uh, European ancestry or, you know, like they're not going, Oh, the Danes, you know, like (laughs) maybe because the Danish are not doing that much in the world, um, to hurt the world. But, you know, uh, you know, like I think, I don't, Denmark is Danish, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. (laughs) The Dutch are from the Netherlands. Right. We're, we're going to go after this. We're going to go over this later. <laughs> Using like Animaniacs as a tool to like exactly. remember. <laughs> we just, we just, we just learn everything through cartoons. That's us. I just watched the Animaniacs thing about the brain the other day. Really? You know, it's funny because it was the pink, it was pinky in the brain and the voice of the brain was so different from what my memory was. I thought it was like a completely Narf. different voice. Not pinky. Oh, brain. Yeah. Oh, like with his like. What was it? Same thing we do every night, Pinky. Try to take over the world. He was super mad, like, mad genius type. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just sounded different from what I remember. Do you do you remember him like sounding like Mickey Mouse? Is that what? No, I knew. <laughs> I, he sounded. He ended up sounding way slower and flimmier than oh. in my head. I thought he had a more crisper, like more English, posh accent. Well, you know, people with posh accents are definitely evil, so <laughs> I can see where you would got you would have gotten that. Um, anyway, back to the question. <laughs> oh, so like, okay, like, do I still feel that way? In a way, I think the thing was though was when you called me out, I was like, how dare she? How dare she disagree with me? I don't understand why she wouldn't totally like be on the same page. But I think it was good. It was good that we had that discussion that dialogue well what did i call you out i called you out because you're like i don't think you can make that generalization you you, you're like i don't think you can say that right which i was like you know and and it's good it's good when there's that tension there's Mm -hmm. that other opinion and that it's not you know like it's not like okay but we're okay now you know (laughs) like no it's like we both have differing opinions on this and we're still working these things out, mm-hmm. you know? So like the whole way it went down at first, I was kind of like, I felt called out and I felt bad. And mm-hmm. I was like, man, like maybe I shouldn't have said that on like on live. Mm-hmm. Cause like I could be drawing a, like a negative attention to myself, but mm-hmm. I honestly still feel that's true. I still feel like there's a lot of people, you know, like white people in America who don't necessarily feel the same like, they might feel associated with other white people. So, like... Well, I, because I, I feel like you can talk about your experience and how you react to, to that situation, but it's more difficult to talk about someone else's experiences and how they do or do not react. Maybe. I mean, but there's no, like, there's no, like, evidence of, like, people wanting to take responsibility. They want to be like, oh, that's that person over there. Like, that's not who I am. But when we talk about systemic injustice and systemic racism and like structural things, like, like being part of a specific people group, like you, uh, you partake in that system, you partake in privilege, you partake in, um, you benefit from those things Mm -hmm. and like benefiting, like white people, you mean? Yeah. White people. But also like, I think like the fact that we're college educated, you know, that we came from middle-class backgrounds. I think that privileges us in a way that is hard to, 
hard to acknowledge because it, it, it sometimes means behavioral changes or thinking about pe- other people differently. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, I never want to disrespect anybody who's not gone to college. Do you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? It's just like, like, but within my own family, I know that if there's a family member who has it, it's kind of like, mm. <laughs> do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, but it, it's like a weird it's a weird thing. So like, but in that specific instance, we were talking about ancestry and feeling like taking, taking responsibility for, um, you know, like someone who's within your ethnic group and who is actually from. Yeah. And the so place where you I think, originated. and then I think my point was that like white people don't feel as connected to their ancestry. Like, unless they're like my roommate who like can trace her Polish roots, who can trace her German roots, who can trace her Jewish ancestry. Like there's some people who are very connected to that. Like I feel like Katie is, you know, mm-hmm. um, although she's never like theoretically in her lifetime experienced any, uh, uh, structural injustice. Like you could argue maybe two generations ago that like Irish people, like the mix weren't allowed well, to... in, in terms of her race, but as a woman, you know, yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, see, that's totally true. Like as a woman, like she still feels some of that, but, um, yeah. So I think in terms of uh, going back to that specific instance, do I regret saying that out loud? Not as much anymore. Mm-hmm. Because then it produced a, do- a discussion like this one that we're having where mm-hmm. it's like, let's kind of, you know, like these daily things that we're trying to work out after hearing about them, we get to talk about them here. Right. Like we get to bring it to this forum. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Cool. Like, yeah. <laughs> Well, sometimes I don't like it when we disagree. <laughs> but I, that's all I like to do is disagree. Yeah. <laughs> and then you're secretly the one orchestrating the mic to hit my face. I have a I button. I have I a button it. hidden in my palm. And the other one controls fart sounds. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I think, um, yeah, were there any um, other surprises for you? Um, where you you learned something in a, a subsequent hearing of of the podcast like you like discovered something new after hearing it versus like when you were recording it i don't think so pretty on the ball vanessa <laughs> just kidding <laughs> <laughs> oh. i mean the, the, the i guess i wouldn't speak about the specific Instance, but I think, you know, my ability to listen to some episodes over other episodes kind of, you know, I'm able to sort of navel gaze and reflect on my own feelings about whatever. Whatever, whatever. What about you? Um, no, you know, the only discoveries are like, if it was tough to record it, because like maybe I was like, oh, I'm less on the ball or like, oh, I don't feel like the conversation's flowing. Mm-hmm. A lot of those things don't always show up. Right. And in, in when you hear it. I mean, mm-hmm. part of it is like we new slash we do some editing. <laughs> um, but, you know, I think internal experience is often, you know, so separate from, you know, what what you like what's actually recorded. Mm-hmm. Um because I think I tend to overthink things or I tend to like put a lot of responsibility on myself. Like, Oh, is it flowing? Is it like, right. are you saying something interesting right now? You know, yeah. does ever is everyone engaged? You know? And so, um, there's a lot where I was like, you know what this, this is, and there's never one that I've like, 
it's kind of like Porto's. <laughs> Where everything is good Life at Portos. Like a box of Portos. Heck yeah, <laughs> our podcast is like a box of Portos. Like, I, like I feel like all of them like have been really enjoyable and good for me. And then there's some that just stick out. Mm-hmm. But like holding space. Oh, like, I was just thinking about that. No, that you was weren't. What was in my head? No, you weren't. Yep. I gave you that thought, <laughs> Vanessa. She was like putting up cue cards, <laughs> cueing me, holding space. Yeah, I just think that it was kind of rough because we didn't know what to talk about from that article, but it. Because I think there's like real heartfelt um, emotions versus the other not real heartfelt emotions <laughs> that we have <laughs> that like, you know, it ended up being really good because it, it was a podcast about weirdly about listening. Right. You know, and I like that. Space. And I, I think that I really, really like that episode. And I think it was sort of off the beaten path that was one of your your idea topics um was it yeah it was totally yours you like sent me that email and everything that link for that one article oh my gosh i feel really good right now (laughs) i really liked it i mean i think maybe because that's something that i really need to work on you know i'm really awful at that like really just holding space in general just terrible at it um and so i would i would say that when you want advice, like you really, you want something specific, but I think you're, you're a good, great listener. I don't know if, no, no, no. I feel like I'm the one who's like holding space. What does that even mean? <laughs> Fill the space with noise. Ah. See what you're doing. You're trying to like make me feel better about, you know, my whatever. But I think that I need to learn more empathy and I don't even go on and go into that that much, but like, I think that that's something that's been a big theme in my life over the past few months of like trying to learn real empathy and like be a real support, you know, because I think what I thought was empathy before was not actually empathy. Whoa. <laughs> can we talk about that next season? That sure. sounds like deep. We can add empathy to the list. Oh, um, hold on. <laughs> that's, that's the that's sound of me too. Keyboard sounds when you type. Segway. Um, yeah, no, I'm really excited for next season. Uh, we've been talking to some very exciting, cool people. Um, but on before we like lock those people down, we we already have kind of things and and just issues that in this crazy world that we live in that just present themselves as opportunities. So really on Facebook. Yes. A lot on Facebook, a lot of me going, Oh my gosh, did you see this? And it's, you know, like big shout out to all the people who are posting interesting things. And I think in Jade, Jade, shout out to Jade, Jenny Yang, Jenny Yang, uh, Stephanie Van, TJ Tally. I, I know you don't even listen to this podcast, TJ, but one day I'll rope <laughs> you in. Um, and, and like people who are unafraid, and I think I don't like I used to think that Facebook wasn't really a good forum for discussion because it's so like limiting and like Twitter's even worse. But I've seen some really interesting things play out on Facebook. Um, like what? Uh, just just discussions of like 
And, and, and it's it's funny because I, I just I have this uh, so TJ specifically is a professor of uh, queer and African studies and I think you know he's very aware of you know um, white fragility and white privilege. There's these phrases that are coming out now mm-hmm. in terms of a lot of the things that are happening um, just just in the United States. You know, just just people put that on the list. Really? Okay. Yeah. We're literally doing this right now, you guys. We're it's, not just pretending. Yeah. <laughs> How do you know TJ? Um, I met him in uh, college. Uh-huh. He actually had started going out to um, my Asian American Christian Fellowship um, that Anne was also a part of, uh-huh. of my documentary. And they grew up in Torrance together. They actually went to the same um, Baptist church and I think white fragility and what white privilege, mm-hmm. uh, you know, like all of our pathways, it was so funny. We went to a bar together and the, the, what is the barman called? Bartender. Bartender. <laughs> Nuts crackers. Um, <laughs> the bartender, uh, was ignoring us. And uh-huh. so he's like, all of our reactions are really indicative of who we are. Like, Anne just walked away. So she fled the scene. <laughs> I, uh, like, TJ got immediately confrontational and started muttering loudly and angrily about how, he, why he couldn't he get service. And then I was trying to distract him yeah. from being angry <laughs> openly. <laughs> I was like, yeah, let's, let's be sarcastic and funny over here. (laughs) While we still try to get his attention. So he's like, and you're trying to diffuse the situation. Yeah. So it it was just very indicative of how we, I would have been with Anne. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I totally, (laughs) I could, I could tell where all of our friends would have, you know, our high school friends would have kind of been on that continuum. But I think, uh, like, yeah, he, um, he has really interesting conversations with people. I mean, like, Part of it, though, is because it's his feed, he can. He also feels that he has a right to shut people down, to block them, to mm-hmm. delete their comments. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if... And it's not that they do... Like, obviously, there's going to be people who disagree with him, but people who engage in a specific kind of argument. So, um, white friends of his that go, but TJ, I'm not like that. Mm-hmm. And he's like, that's not the point. Mm-hmm. You know, like you need to listen mm-hmm. and you need to also acknowledge that you're part of, you know, like this larger structural thing. Right. And that's that's part of what white fragility is. It's like they're unable to take criticism. The d- um, defensiveness. Yeah. Yeah. And the wanting to s- distance themselves from the conflict and stuff like that. And, you know, it is tough. It's tough. Like. Like. One thing that's been a big thing on my mind is how Asian Americans are have been relatively silent in a lot of these proceedings, and that bothers me. And it, what it's proceedings not a, like uh, all these, like you know, like Ferguson or um, Charleston or you know, um, yeah. Anytime there's violence against um, against black people, against black people, mm-hmm. and and you know, I've seen a lot of other people on their feeds go well what let's look at the evidence and you know like taking like measured approaches and Mm -hmm. you know never trying to like go to certain places i know there's activists on my wall too who are like advocates and who Mm -hmm. want to call out these things and who are really um taking action but i have found myself kind of in this like silent majority Mm -hmm. you know (laughs) um that I don't know wherever you are. Like I know where I am personally, like where I don't want to draw negative attention. Cause 
there's so many of my peers, especially Asian ones who are like, I've had other kinds of discussions with them where it's like mental health, where it's even something even like closer to me where I felt like my opinion was minimized Uh because of quote unquote facts or be quote unquote, like, you know, like, well, it's not always this way Uh or, you know, where I'm like, I don't think I asked like for, for your validation or for your non validation, you know? And so those kinds of things get me so mad that I just, I decide to just passively like someone's article right. or I don't even like repost sometimes. And I, I find that to be a personal failing. So, um, I mean, I, for one of our future podcasts, I want to talk to, um, like someone who has been part of this black lives matter, um, movement and just talk about how Asian Americans are intimately involved. Like historically, like Asian Americans have been part of the Black Panther movement, have been part of the civil rights movement, and we've benefited from a lot of this kind of like black white binary. But I wanted to insert us back into the conversation because race relations in America aren't just about um, aren't just about yeah, like I said, this black white dynamic. Mm-hmm. You know, there's brown and yellow and mm-hmm. red and like. You know, um, I don't know if that's racist. I, know, I, I was like, colors. Mm. I was like, oh, wait a second. <laughs> Re- regressive, progressive. Uh, wow. That's okay. We're just going to cry and like, like, I was just thinking of that, that commercial that like the single tier yeah. of the Native American. Oh man. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, someone, someone who can give us better, better tools to be one allies and advocates ourselves. And, um, and and just to like, when people talk about like all lives matter, like have measured answers. Cause I think that's where I get. I saw that. I saw that one sign shared by somebody might've been, I don't know who it was shared by, but it was like a guy, white, old, white or older man, middle aged man wearing or (laughs) holding a sign. And it was like, yes, all lives matter. But right now we are focusing on the black lives because they have been systematic of blah, 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 yeah, you yeah, know? Yeah. And That's I thought really that was cool. like, cool. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, he's, he's basically someone who gets it. Right. Yeah. And like most recently there was like this story, um, it came back up on my feed like just today about that Indian grandfather who was just walking in a neighborhood, like a oh, white yeah. suburb and he got body slammed by a police officer. It was like in Alabama or something. Mm-hmm. And it was basically, he was body slammed because he was walking while black, but he was like, he was an, you know, he's an Indian from the subcontinent. And like, right. you know, like it, it's because he looked a certain way. Yeah. He got profiled. You know, like, mm-hmm. so it's part, like we're part of this, like, mm-hmm. you know, anytime, um, somebody calls us the model minority. So anytime somebody, you know, like points at an Asian goes, look at them, mm-hmm. they, they're doing all right. You know, mm-hmm. you, you also oppress, <coughs> You also oppress those people um, who don't fit the model minority. Um, There's recently an article about Asian grocers and like how Mm -hmm. they just don't fit into, oh, well, you know, Asian Americans come over kind of already well educated and having money, you know, able to buy homes, you know, like that's not the story of many refugees, you know, who are living like 
in different like all of all over California mm-hmm. really and in the south and mm-hmm. stuff like that so I mean that's that's something that's been on my um, heart and mind in terms of having someone come in and talk about that but I think it also covers a, like that model minority myth so mm-hmm. so so far we've got model model minority myth expectations or <laughs> explorations and then black lives matter and stuff like that um, I also want to see if we can get someone on to talk about forgotten histories in America. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a friend, um, I, I, I use that friend, friend term very loosely <laughs> because I just reached out to her cause she had gotten this grant that I really wanted. I was like, Oh my gosh, can I talk to you about this grant that you got? Cause I think that's amazing. And I'm wondering if you have any advice. And right. it was like one of those times that I was really bold for once uh-huh. about like trying to reach out, but she basically did a documentary about, um, uh, the Delano Manongs, I think that's what it's called. And mm-hmm. it's about, um, you know, a lot of the Filipino migrant laborers who made Cesar Chavez's movement possible mm-hmm. and that forgotten story. So like, there's a lot of that aspects though, of, um, different Asian Americans throughout history, like helping push something forward, but mm-hmm. they become footnotes. They become, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, uh, cast aside for like a larger, like, you know, more dominant culture right. narrative. So right. I think, um, and I'll just say my list and then we can kind of talk about any that you're like, well, I want to have a question cause we're talking about so, so much about Facebook and I feel like that's where these <laughs> quote discussions are being held. And they, mm-hmm. you know, at times I think there are interesting discussions that come out of it. And a lot of times I'm guilty of just kind of like reading a headline, you know, and then like scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Mm. Um, like now this is a, just a discussion about Facebook, but I think over the past, you know, year or so, like some really like interesting social rights things have come up, like, you know, um, gay marriage and, oh, and the black lives matter. And sometimes I find myself getting just so angry, mm. you know, um, at, you know, there's a, there's, there's this opinion and this side that I, I am part of, you know, and I identify with, and then there is, you know, the opposing side and I just get so mad and I don't see why that other side could think that way, you Mm. know, and, and Facebook, sometimes it's like this, like horrible thing where like, Mm. I I always need to check it, but at the same time, I always kind of feel bad after I do. Mm. Um, Oh, you feel like, or like, you know, your friends have, your friends have these certain beliefs that don't, you know, jive jive with yours and stuff. And how do you feel about that? Do you experience that? Is that, you don't have to name people (laughs) because I'm like angry all the time. You know me, I'm like super like the Hulk. I'm just like simmering underneath. I mean, like I've definitely blocked people from my feed because I think that, um, they don't have anything to contribute to the conversation because they're this kind of like blindly adhering to something that, you know, they haven't really thought through or haven't realized the implications for like actual real people who are living their lives every day. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like if I can't engage with them, then like there's kind of no point. Mm-hmm. So like, and I've taken that cue from like other people who actually do post these things and put themselves out there. Like, they're like, you know, like if you can't, <coughs> if you can't, you know, oh dear God, there's not even any liquid, but it still was very scary. Um, <laughs> like if you can't, if you can't be civil, mm-hmm. 
then we can't have a conversation mm-hmm. and it's okay to like block people based on that kind of dynamic. So yeah, I, I get tired and angry a lot. And like, I think like Charleston was like one of those points you hit where you're just like, why? Mm-hmm. Like, how can we move past this? And you know, we always do like, yeah, I mean, honestly, I haven't figured out the best way to, to manage some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I can, I mean, you know, without, without proselytizing too much, like a lot of having to deal with that stuff does have to do with my faith. Like my faith allows me to be angry about it, but it also allows me to believe that there's justice in this world. And it also allows me to believe that I can be part of that. Mm -hmm. But then, um, then I have to, you know, if I really want to, if I really want to live it out, then I have to do something about it, you know? And so that's, that's why for me, like, Hopefully, part of bringing people on will be a way to like vent and to mm-hmm. engage. But you know, in terms of talking to people who don't feel similarly, like I, most of the people who I was growing up with, you know, for most of my life, like I don't think those people are on the same page. And that's when it becomes where the rubber meets hits the road. Because mm-hmm. it's nice to have like an echo chamber and to like, you know, like have people who are like <laughs> similarly thinking like cheering and rooting each other on and like high-fiving each other and, and trying to like solidify those things and like get them deeply rooted and, and, and be, and not feel invalidated, mm-hmm. you know? Because that's, I think that's part of the problem is that like you get upset because you feel like your feelings are invalidated or you feel like yeah how can this person think this thing that's so wrong and then I think even if we can talk to someone about like well why do we get so angry about when people disagree with us or like and it has to have it has to do with the issue but it probably has to do with something inside of us too Mm -hmm. that personally we don't like people disagreeing with us Mm -hmm. you know um and like there's so much about like what is political is personal, you know, like, so there's all these things like even, even whether or not like women should receive birth control through their, um, employer. Yeah. Through health insurance and stuff like that. I mean like stuff like that, like, you know, there's so many things about the way we live and the way that, you know, we go through our daily lives that are affected by these actual things that are these conversations that everybody are having. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I don't really have a good answer, you know, only that I'm trying to figure it out. And Sometimes then, I wonder if like you can really change people's minds. I mean, I guess that's the whole point, you know, and then that's the whole reason because it's true. Like, I mean, sometimes I get to the point where I'm so angry that I feel like I can't talk about those things with, with someone who has a the opposing view, you know, because then I would just get too angry. And, and so it's just better not to engage in those conversations, you know, but that's not helpful in the bigger sense. Right. Right. I, I think you, you choose those discussions probably. And then also assess how deeply does that person hold that belief? Like I remember being in high school and being really adamantly a specific, you know, like a specific kind of conservatism that wasn't well thought through. And I'm not saying that I'm like the most educated or the most um, eloquent about where I am now, but I also know that like, that was me trying to figure things out. Like somebody put on their Facebook wall, like, 
would the 28 year old version of myself punch out the 18 year old version of myself? <laughs> and the answer for me was yes, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would, I would punch myself and then I'd be like, they're there. <laughs> they're there. You know, <laughs> good doggy. Um, Self domestic abuse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, I think, you know, it's, it's just indicative of like the patterns of, you know, like how we grow up and how we change our thinking and, you know, um, how would you reason with your 18 year old self about like a lot of these things that are happening now and in talking to that person and you, you talk about empathy, mm-hmm. like how can somebody even think that this is okay? Mm-hmm. Like how can somebody like, I don't know, like a really like heralding this Kentucky clerk is some kind of martyr, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. I mean, she hasn't died yet, but <laughs> I said yet. I think it sounds really threatening. No, but I mean, like, there's there's some who just consider her some kind of saint. And, right. You know, like, for those people that you want to talk to about that, that you might disagree with, like, how how would you have a conversation with them? Like, right. Does it, you know, is it possible? I listened to this one episode of, I think it was This American Life, where they were talking about exactly that, about how hard it is to change someone's mind. And they recorded, um, I forgot what the episode was Was it Red was State, called. Blue State? I don't think so. Maybe. Um, They were talking about this one young uh, woman who went door to door talking about um, abortion because she worked for Planned Parenthood. And I think that she was doing some kind of like survey or something. And so, you know, they recorded some and I don't know what the her success rate was, but they they played this one um, interview where she was speaking to this woman who when she first asked her you know, on a scale of zero to 10, how likely are you to support a measure that, you know, whatever legalizes abortion for people, for women who are under the age of 18 or something like that. Mm -hmm. And then she said zero, you know, like, absolutely not. I would not support that. And then she kind of just continued talking to her and she made it very personal, you know, and said, you know, I just want to, you know, I just want to tell you about my story about how, you know, um, I had an abortion when I was, you know, however old and blah, blah, blah. And so she kind of just talked to her and talked to her and learned about the woman's family and like she had daughters and stuff like that. And then like at the end of the conversation, like, I don't know if she was like a 10 and then that wasn't even the scale they were using, but like she was a lot more open at the end mm-hmm. of that because she had had a personal conversation, mm-hmm. you know, and really personalized the issue rather than right. like, you know, these are, this is a general topic and these are the two sides, right. you know, without people involved, you know, but yeah. like, what is it like to talk to an actual person who has been through the situation and who has, um, you know, found help from this particular service, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, perhaps that's an answer. Yeah. I don't know if I'm brave for that though. You know, we don't have to be right at this moment. <laughs> that would be interesting to get someone in um not only that is well versed at doing these kinds of things and like maybe does that for their everyday life mm-hmm. you know so we can get rah 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 about certain things right. but then having somebody on who really disagrees with us about something i don't know 
I know. Scares me. Well, they have to be a friend so that I can, we can keep it cool. I don't know. Maybe a friend that we're okay. We're not friends after this. Oh, okay. <laughs> I have a list of people going that like that. Just kidding. But not kidding. No, well, you're um, fast and loose with the word friend anyway. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Girl, I, you know, reached out to get, help you get grant money. Totally my friend. Um, that would be interesting. I mean, I think... If we could think of someone who would be interested in that, we should do that. But. As long as they don't try to convince us to their side. <laughs> at least, as long as it's only us winning at the end. Mm-hmm. We have to win every time. <laughs> um, and before we go, I, I do want to mention like some of the other topics that we want to talk about. I do want to talk a little bit about this uh, term that's been used, gaslighting. Mm-hmm. And I think it also has to do a little bit with model minority myths and... Um, it's a kind of insidious form of discounting your own experiences. So I think um, that'll be interesting. Um, talking about discounting your own or discounting someone else's. Um, when someone else discounts yours. Okay. I mean, maybe you should also be aware when you're doing it too. But mm-hmm. um, but I haven't really like. There's a lot of definitions around that term, and a lot of times when it's used in a mental health capacity, people say that when you talk about it in a feminist perspective, then you're using it incorrectly. So I don't know. I just want to like talk about all the things around that term, but also um, what is gaslighting anyway? Like just the word itself. What is that? It comes from a term from a movie where. Uh, the maybe I think a character like a female character and a, a a male character were walking down the street and then she saw the the gas lights flicker or something went wrong with them and mm-hmm. she's like hey did you see that he's like no you're crazy mm. and she's like huh maybe I'm crazy mm. you know and there's this like exchange where her opinion just didn't you know matter mm-hmm. like even though she objectively experienced something mm-hmm. and he said no that's you're probably wrong right because I didn't have that same experience right um but more on that and the exact facts around that soon. Um, and then uh, just really quickly, uh, of the ones where it might be like a, a redux uh, or a replay or just revisiting old topics, um, being raised by parents with low emotional intelligence, um, something called food do, um, where we just go more into food because <laughs> there's so much more to talk about. And I think um, one of the interesting things that has come up is when does what, ha- what do you do when your food becomes trendy? Your you, people's your food. People's food. The food your of your people. Yep. Um, I also want to revisit interracial dating. I recently read an article of someone who's made a specific choice not to date outside um, her race or even just to date white people specifically and i think Uh that's that's really interesting because she sees it as a very political choice i heard on another podcast um the take notorious podcast which has actually ended recently professor blastoff um one of her friends who was a guest who um i don't want to simplify it but is uh bisexual i mean she's just more complicated terms or more specific terms to speak exactly about her heterosexuality or her homosexuality. What the hell? Her sexuality. Um, <laughs> the, but she specifically again. says like, um, I wouldn't date someone with more social power than I have. Mm. I thought that was really interesting. That is really interesting. Yeah. I mean, when you term it that way, it kind of takes it away from the race discussion a little, but it also opens it up to a very wide array of different things and then it's like well well I'd, I'd be curious to know why that is i mean yeah okay cool I'm, I'm excited to hear more about that um we should just get her because your 
probably friends with her as well. No, yeah. Her oh, yeah. I'm friend with all of these awesome <laughs> comedians. Sure. Um, and then, you know, there'd be, it'd be cool. Um, <laughs> there'd be cool. There, that'd be cool. <laughs> I was trying to do a pirate and then I just like, that'd be cool. That's much better. Re, re, redo. Um, hashtag my Asian American story. And it might be cool just to get people to tell their story on the podcast and what is your Asian American story or, or get like an amalgamation of um, these people telling their story and kind of string them together. Or just go to the laundromat.com and read about them. No, no, it's, it's, it's at the laundromat.com. Cause you will, if you go to the laundromat.com, you will just go to like an actual literal laundromat, which, okay. Maybe if you need to clean your clothes, great. But metaphorical laundromat. I thought so much that better. I got in my head. I was like, I got that right. I got it right this time. No, I did not. So close. So close. So close. Well, thank you, everybody, for uh, sitting through our interstitial podcast. <laughs> um, we're really, really excited about season three, and we're really glad to have you guys as listeners, and thank you so much for supporting us since for through these two seasons. Yeah. Couldn't have said it better. But you could. I think you should try. I'm shy. <laughs> You put me on the spot. I did put you on the spot. And then when I realized that. You that saw all, my face go blank. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> laugh of discomfort. <laughs> um, all right. All right. So, no, snappy. Yeah. We should go back to therapy flashcards. <laughs> That's how we end. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Uncertainty. <laughs> and we're hot. Yes. The end. Bye.